Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. A very good afternoon to you. Wonderful to be in your company this afternoon. It is Wednesday. It is Judaism 101.9. This is Rabbi Michael Katz coming to you live from Joburg and great to be with you today. We have a little bit of a mixed bag for you on our show today. First of all, we're going to talk a little bit about the brand new month that we've just gone into, the month of ER. We're going to speak specifically about today, which is the second day in the month of ER. And then in the third segment, we'll probably just revert to a topic that we raised last week, which was Pirkeavot, the ethics of our fathers, which are studied at this time. And I'd like to share with you something from the second chapter of Pirkeavot, because on this coming Shabbat, we're going to be studying chapter two, second chapter of Pirkeavot, second chapter of the ethics of our fathers, studied on Shabbos afternoon, as we discussed last week, when we began the study in earnest on a Shabbos afternoon, um, last week studying chapter one, this week chapter two. Second Perek, second chapter. Let's talk a little bit about this month that we have just gone into. The month began in earnest yesterday because yesterday was the first day of the month of ER, but Rosh Chodesh ER actually began on Sunday evening, so Monday and Tuesday were both days of Rosh Chodesh, the first day being the last day of the month of Nisan, the 30th of Nisan, the second day being the first day of the month of ER, and as we mentioned today, is already the second day in the month of ER. Now, this month of ER is a fascinating month in and of itself. First of all, let's take a look at what ER is actually all about, and perhaps something that gives it a unique edge, some kind of a unique feature that only this month of ER actually has. And that is, number one, that the month of ER, we are told, is actually an acrostic, or it is a uh, word that stands for other words, or for, for a verse in Torah. Now, I've explained to you before that in the Torah itself, the months are referred to by numbers. It's the first month, the second month, the third month, and so on. The names for the uh, months were given by our sages, but most of them are Babylonian in um, uh, or Persian in actual um, foundation. They come from certain words or certain expressions in a foreign language, which is quite strange. However, being that our sages of old actually gave them these names, we know that these names were not just thumbsucks. They weren't just um, something that was given, as we used to say in the classic Somersua. They weren't just things that were given willy-nilly. There was a rhyme and a reason. And ER is no exception, because the month of ER, actually, we're told, stands for Ani Hashem, or if we place there the name of God, Ani Hashem Rofecha, I am God who heals you. I am your healer. Now, we all know that um, this is a quote from the Torah itself, Ani Hashem Rofecha, is an instruction from God, actually, to remember that God is the ultimate healer. God is the one who heals us. God is the one who 
provides the healing, when we know that we are in trouble, when we know that there is a pandemic, when we know that there are medical issues and so on, we certainly need to consult with our medical professionals. We go to our doctors, we take our medications, we uh, take the uh, vaccine if that is available. We do all of those things. However, ultimately, we know that the one who provides the healing and the one who makes sure that the vaccine works and the one that makes sure that the medication works so that the doctor comes to the right conclusion or that the life is actually spared and saved and can carry on and flourish is God himself. Ani Hashem Rofecha, putting our trust in God, is perhaps one of the underlying themes of this month, realizing and recognizing that God is the one who heals. But there is the encouragement that God heals. There's the encouragement that we are going to move away from a time of pandemic. We're going to move away from a time of illness, of sickness, and so on. And God is going to provide the healing because Torah tells us that God does not provide it does, does not give any machala. There is no illness for which there is no cure. God has a cure. There is a cure. There is a healing for every single ailment, even those that as yet have not been found. It's not that they don't exist. It's just that they haven't quite yet been discovered. And so God is going to provide that healing, and that healing is going to come. And this is the time of healing. God is telling us every day of this month, I am the God who heals you. There is a second dimension to this month which needs to be mentioned. And that is that this is the only month in the Jewish calendar. Now here, listen carefully. This is the only month in the Jewish calendar which has a specific special mitzvah. A particular mitzvah that pertains to each and every day of this month in an equal fashion. And what is that? Svirat Omer, the counting of the Omer. Now I hear you arguing and asking right away, what do you mean? Svirat Omer is not only in the month of ERN, quite correct, yes, but this is here the whole point. Svirat Omer, the counting of the Omer, begins in the middle of the month of Nisan. So half of the days in the month of Nisan have the instruction to count the Omer, a special mitzvah, where every single day, every evening, we say, Asher kidishanu b'mitzvotav, God who has commanded us to count the Omer. That happens for half of the month of Nisan. We also go a few days into the month of Sivan. At the end of it all, when we come to the days before Shavuot in Sivan, we count the Omer there as well, and so it applies there too. But this month, from the very first day, which was yesterday, right through to the very last day in a few weeks' time, we are doing a specific mitzvah that pertains only to that day. Counting of the Omer that pertains equally and only to that day. Yes, it pertains to all the other days around it, but here we have the entire month, every single day of the month has a special mitzvah. If we think about the month of Tishrei, where we have so many Chagim, so many festivals. That's when we have Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot and so on. There are certain mitzvot that pertain to particular days of the month. And sometimes a week at a time, such as the need to sit in the Sukkah and sometimes, or the idea of taking the Lulav and Etrog. But here, equally every day, whether it's Shabbos, whether it is a weekday, whether it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday of the week, Every single day, the first of the month, the 15th of the month, the 17th of the month, the end of the month, every single day has a mitzvah 
that is particular and pertains to that particular day. Now here we have a tremendous power in this month. This is the month not only of healing, but this is the month of that we could really say is full of mitzvot. There are mitzvahs that are exceptional for every single day of this month. Yes, of course, every day we need to say our prayers. And yes, of course, every weekday we've got to put on our talis and tefillin. And every Shabbos we're going to daven the Shabbos uh, davening and do Kiddush and so on. Of course, there are all of those things. But a particular mitzvah that is equal, that pertains to every single day, only Svirata Omer, only the counting of the Omer, and only in the month of Iyar. Is it complete for the entire month? And so therefore, we have a great power. There is something very special in this month of year. We need to grab it. We need to hold it. We need to utilize it. We need to know just how special it actually is. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, and great to be back with you. Yes, Rabbi Michael Katz here with you on Judaism 101.9. Coming to you live from Joburg, and here we are on the second day in the month of ER. So we gave you a little bit of a general overview of the month of ER, which we are in, and now it is day number two. And day number two, the second day in the month of ER, is a significant date, certainly in the Chabad Hasidic calendar, because it is the birthday of Rabbi Shmuel of Lubavitch, who was known by the acronym Maharash, the Maharash, Rabbi Shmuel of Lubavitch. And he was born on this day in the town of Lubavitch. Yes, there was a town called Lubavitch in White Russia. And he was born on the second day in the month of Iyar in the year 5594, which is 1834. Now, Rabbi Shmuel was the youngest of seven sons who were born to Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Lubavitch, the third Chabad Rebbe, who himself was known as the Tzemach Tzedek. Particularly in those days, people were uh, named after works that they did. He wrote a set of works on uh, Torah called Tzemach Tzedek. And uh, his rabbitson was Chaya Mushke. Interestingly enough, the third, <coughs> excuse me, the third Chabad Rebbe, Rabbi Menachem Mendel, was also married to a Chaya Mushke, as was the seventh. Our Rebbe was also Menachem Mendel married to a Chaya Mushke. Now, at a very early age, Rabbi Shmuel excelled in his studies, and by the age of seven, he was already proficient in large parts of the Talmud with many, many of the commentaries. He would regularly um, be tested by his um, uh, by his father, and uh, the father rewarded with money that uh, the, uh, the 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 to be Rabbi Rabbi Shmuel would use to purchase books for his Torah study. Now, it so happened, and famously, at one stage, Rabbi uh, Shmuel of uh, Lubavitch, as a young man, was tested by his father and the teacher who was um, uh, there present at the test, was amazed and actually commented and said to his father, isn't it amazing how well um, your son has done? Isn't it amazing how young Shmuel uh, knows his stuff? Kind of thing, and the Rebbe then commented. The Rebbe, the Tzemach the father, said, um, "It's no surprise when a child, when a person is born. <coughs> excuse me, when a person is born on the day of the second of Iyar, it means that the um, uh, implication of the date and this time is what we know as Tiferet Sheva Tiferet. There are different." 
attributes, different sfirot for each day, which we touched on briefly last week. There are different attributes of each day. And each day there are then combinations to make up the 49. So the seven attributes, seven times seven, each part has a different attribute. If you take a look in the Siddur, when you're counting Sfirat Omer, you'll see certain words starting off with Chesed Sheva Chesed. And uh, then when you come to today, you will see that it says Tiferet Sheba Tiferet, which literally means harmony or beauty, beauty, harmony within harmony. The harmony of harmonies, the beauty of beauties. That is what this date, that is what this day is actually all about. And he commented and he said, it is no surprise that when a child is born on Tiferet Sheba Tiferet, when he is born, not under the star, but when he's born at this time, when harmony within harmony is really the accolade of his soul, it is hardly surprising that he should do well in his tests. Now, Ramashmul's elder brothers were famed Torah scholars. They were well known for their vast knowledge. Shmuel, on the other hand, chose to assume a low profile. Um, and in fact, his piety and his scholarship um, was largely unnoticed. But a year before his passing, his father requested that Abashmul public deliver discourses in Hasidic philosophy. And although he was only at that stage 32 years of age, this uh, practice was usually only reserved for the Chabad Rebbe's, but Rabbi Menachem Mendel, his father, instructed his followers. He said, listen to him as you would listen to me. Now, although he was the youngest of the sons, he was chosen to succeed his father as the Rebbe um, in the movement's capital in Lubavitch. Um, four of his brothers established branches of the Chabad dynasty in other towns in White Russia and the Ukraine. Now, um, the Rebbe was known not only for his um, uh, exp- exceptional mind and his exceptional knowledge, but he also unfortunately suffered from ill health. Um, and um, his fluency was uh, known in languages such as Latin, French, and Russian, and they assisted him in his great ventures that he undertook on behalf of the Jewish community. In spite of the fact that he was um, so ill, he traveled to see government and business leaders and lobbied them to exert pressure on the Tsarist regime to halt its instigation of pogroms against its Jewish citizens. And so the Rebbe stood as a barrier trying to fight against um, whatever it was that the Tsarist Russia was um, throwing at him. Today, the Rebbe Rashab, as he is known, although he only lived to the age of 48 years old, yes, he passed away, and he's 48, um, having suffered from many, many ailments, he um, passed away on the 13th of the month of Tishrei, in 1882, and he's buried alongside his father in the city of Lubavitch. He was succeeded by his second son, Rabbi Sholem Dovber of Lubavitch. He's probably best known today, the Rebbe Maharash, um, the Rebbe Reb Shmuel, that we have been talking about for base ER for today, the second day of the month of ER. He's probably best known for a prolific and important statement that is attributed to him that he made when um, discussing how a Jew, how an individual should confront an issue, should confront a problem. And the way that he put it was brilliant and has gone down in history as being um, a, 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 an accolade that is given to him at all times. He's always known as the Rebbe Maharash and immediately people say, which means to begin with, go over. What did it mean? 
He said, when you're coming to a problem, when you confront any problem, any issue in life, any circumstance that you feel is perhaps difficult for you to surmount, he says, the world says that if you cannot go over it, if you cannot go under it, go over it. In other words, if you've struggled, you've kriched, you've tried, you've tried to um, get underneath this problem and deal with it, um, the world says then try a higher realm, go a little bit above. He says, Ichzog, I say, Lechatchila to begin with, you should go over the top to begin with, go to the highest point to begin with, try um, go over and surmount this issue, surmount this uh, this problem. The Rebbe Rasha, the Rebbe, Rebbe Marash, rather, the Rebbe of Shmuel, is therefore best known for this very statement. Lechatchila Ariba, to begin with, go over. To begin with, it is surmountable. Take a look at any problem, any issue that life throws at you, and just know that God has placed it in your way for you to be able to rise above it, to be able to surmount it, to be able to overcome it. This is the very, very method of our teaching, of our thinking, understanding that Ani Hashem Rofecha, that God is the one who heals, and God also will provide you with the energy and the fortitude and the ability to overcome whatever issues life costs in front of you, life throws at you. Having said that, let's take a look for the last segment of our show today at something from the ethics of our fathers, and let's particularly focus on chapter 2. In chapter 1, there is so much that is rich and beautiful that we studied last week. Let's have a look at the beginning of chapter 2. And right at the beginning of chapter 2, we come across a Mishnah, which is attributed to Rabbi, it says Rabbi Omer. The beginning of chapter two, ethics of our fathers, Rabbi Omer. We're talking about Rabbi. Rabbi was Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, Rabbi Judah the Prince, who was best known for having canonized the Mishnayot, put it all into its framework as we know it today. Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Judah the Prince, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. He said, he said, he says, which is the right or the correct path that a person should choose in his or her passage through life? And he says, He uses this word tiferes. Now we've come across that before today because we're talking about the word tiferes in terms of today. Tiferes sheva tiferes. Harmony within harmony. And he tells us we should pick a path in our passage through life that is harmonious, that is good for the one who treads the path. In other words, it's got to be something that fits in with you, your life and your lifetimes and your lifestyle. And also, we've got to make sure that what we do in life should not impact upon and should not hurt anybody else. It's got to be something that is harmonious for you and it's harmonious for others as well. There is another interpretation of, uh, about this, though, and that is that this word tiferes, which is harmony, needs to be scrutinized just a little bit more because we've got to think about le'oseha, the one who treads the path, can also be read as the one who makes the path. Now, who makes all paths? It's not just you who makes your path through life. It is the Almighty. It is God. Ani Hashem I'm the one who makes all paths, God tells us, and we understand and we know. And therefore, when we think about the maker of all paths, perhaps it is God. So perhaps we could reread this and take a look at it in a different light and say, you know what? The harmony has to be harmonious in terms of God, and it's got to be harmonious in terms of man. 
Very often people feel that, you know what, as long as I'm getting along well with God, I don't need to get along with my fellow man. Or we might say, I'm getting along with my fellow man. I don't need to get along with God. What do I need all this religiosity? What do I need all the rituals? What do I need shul for? Let me just be a good guy, get along with other people. Rabbi Yehuda Anosi actually is telling us something profound here. He's telling us we actually cannot have a relationship with God if we do not have a good relationship with men. We cannot be harmonious with the Almighty if we're not harmonious with our fellow men. And by the same token, the reverse is true. We cannot be harmonious with our fellow men if we don't have a harmonious relationship with God. The Tiferes, the grandeur, the beauty, the harmony has to be there between ourselves and our fellow men as it is between ourselves and God and vice versa. And we need to know that we need both of them. Just a small insight is that perhaps we've got to just think about the fact that man has a part of God within him or her. And we call that our neshama, we call that the soul. If you cannot get along with the soul, the small little microcosm of God or of godliness, how can you hope to get along with the macro, with God himself? And vice versa, how can you get along with or say that, you know what, I'm perfect with fellow man, with the small parts of God, but I'm not perfect with the larger part of God. It's one and the same thing. We've got to remember that our relationship with the Almighty is something that reflects in our relationship with our fellow men, and our relationship with our fellow men reflects in our relationship with God. We've got to have them both right, and this is actually the role and the goal and the job of each and every one of us, each and every Jew. We've got to understand and we've got to know and we've got to commit ourselves to being in a good relationship with the Almighty, making sure that we work hard on that relationship. And at the same time, we've got to be in a good relationship with our ourselves and our fellow men as well. We cannot dump the one and think that the other one will carry us through. We've got to be or strive for perfection in both of these realms. And perhaps this is what Rabbi Yehuda Anasi is actually telling us. Remember that Tiferes. Remember that harmony. It's today the second of Iyar, a day of Tiferes, of harmony, or of working on, or of focusing on harmony. Let's make sure we have that harmony going in our, between ourselves and God relationships, as well as in our, between ourselves and our fellow man relationships. And in that way, we certainly will reach and achieve and accomplish what we're supposed to be doing as Jews. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Yes, yeah, so we're taking a look at Pirkei uh, Avot, at the Ethics of Our Fathers, Chapter 2, which we study this coming Shabbat, and dealing with the first Mishnah where Rabbi, Rabbi Omer, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi says, um, which is the right, the correct path, and we're talking about Tiferes, we're talking about it being Harmonious, harmonious for you, harmonious for for God, harmony within harmony, perhaps um, for this the second day of the month of Iyar. But he goes on to say, A person should be very careful with what you consider to be a light mitzvah, a light precept compared with a heavy one. Because we do not know what rewards there are for the mitzvahs. We don't really know. When God says, do this mitzvah, and we in our minds surmise that it is something minor, that it's something small, what difference is it actually going to make? It may be something that is huge in God's mind, in God's eyes. To us, it might seem to be something hugely significant that we're doing. In God's eyes, it might be something really, really small. 
We've been told many times that perhaps one has to think about or look at the things that you find the most difficult. When you find them difficult, it means that um, they are kind of going against your grain, and maybe that's where one needs to exert oneself a little bit more. When you think about things that come easily to you, maybe those things aren't all that important to you. However, here he's telling us that we do not know the rewards. We don't know what God has in store, what are considered to be heavy, what are considered to be large, what are considered to be small in God's eyes. And therefore, the advice from Rabbi Yehuda Anasi actually is, do them all with the same kind of application, with the same kind of a fervor, with the same kind of commitment. Every single mitzvah, no matter whether you consider it to be small, whether you consider it to be big, whether the Torah seems to elaborate upon it at great length or it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's not significant. Remember, every single mitzvah needs your application. It needs your input. It needs your involvement. Let's not be guilty of picking and choosing, and particularly not based on our own rationale, on what we think to be significant or important. And he says, We should also always weigh up the loss that we incur through the doing of a mitzvah against its reward and the reward that we uh, have for an avera, for the opposite of a mitzvah, against its loss. Yes, of course, sometimes mitzvahs cost money. Remember that it costs, I don't know, to be kosher, perhaps (coughs) to close your shop on Shabbos, perhaps, um, to uh, do somebody else a favor. There may be some expenses involved. But remember that the reward that you're going to get in the long run is far, far going to outweigh that uh, loss that you experience in doing the mitzvah and the other way around as well. You sometimes think that you're making certain gains by doing things incorrectly. Remember that that will be short-lived and it will soon be taken away from you. Um, so here we have perhaps a number of things that we could refer to when we look at um, when we look at the Torah itself, in the Torah itself, in the Torah itself, it tells us that there are certain rewards for some of the mitzvahs. For instance, the reward for honoring your parents is long life. You will live long if you honor your parents. There is another mitzvah that seems to us to be so insignificant. If you're walking in a field and you come across a nest of eggs, you need to send away the mother bird before you take the eggs called sending away the mother bird. And that also carries the reward of long life. Well, here Torah is telling us in no uncertain terms, the things that you consider to be big may be small in God's eyes and things that you consider to be small may be large in God's eyes. Remember, you should not judge. Do all the mitzvahs in an equal fashion, in an equal way. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, and yes, back with you to sum up a little bit. We've been talking about Tiferet and Tiferet, Shabbat Tiferet, and we're talking about the Rebbe Maharash, whose birthday is today, and we've been talking about ER, the month of healing, and we've been having a look at the beginning of the second chapter of Pirkei Avot, an attempt to tie it all together. Says uh, Rabbi Yehuda Anosi, Rebbe, says, We should weigh up the loss that we incur by doing a mitzvah against its reward and the reward for doing a non-mitzvah, a sin, God forbid, against its loss. Here my late father used to tell the beautiful story, which I'd like to share with you to end off with today. Beautiful story of a man who takes his young boy to the cold, freezing mikveh 
in uh, Russia. He chisels away at the ice and dips the kid into the uh, freezing, freezing waters of the mikveh, of this outdoor icy mikveh. And it is Erev Yom Kippur, and he dips him into the ice. And as he's putting him into the icy water, he says to the child, how do you feel? And the kid says, oy vey, oy vey, get me out of here. And he lifts him up, and he takes him out, and he wraps him in a warm towel, and he puts him next to a fire, and he gives him a hot cup of soup, and he says to him, and now, how do you feel, my son? And he says, now, now is a machaya, now it's wonderful. And he says, my child, please remember that every single mitzvah that you're going to do starts off with an oivei and ends off with a machaya. It starts off with some rough and tumble, some difficulties, some problems, some issues, some expenses. But it'll end off with a machaya. It'll end off being wonderful. And please remember, my son, that the same is true in the opposite direction. Every avera, every sin, every wrongdoing starts off as a machaya. You think how wonderful it is. But you've just got to remember that very, very soon thereafter will come the oive, the long-term prospects of sin, of doing wrong, of doing the incorrect thing, are not good. And the end will be an oive. That is going to follow suit. This is the advice of Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, the beginning of the second chapter of Pirkeos. Let's try and make our interaction with each other and our interactions with God one, ones of Tiferet, of Tiferet Sheba Tiferet, in honor of this beautiful day of the second day of the month of Iyar. And hopefully Hashem will heal. Hashem will take away all pain and all suffering, all difficulty, all pandemics, and provide us just with healing, with um, uh, fixing, with um, rectification, and with getting back to where we actually all should be as Jews. And hopefully very, very soon we will herald the arrival of Mashiach, the one and final healer of all problems, of all issues within this great and wonderful world. I look forward to being back with you same time, same place next week on Judaism 101.9. I want to wish you a great Shabbat at the head and a great rest of the week. Take care. See you again next week. Please, God.